Now, brethren, for our second message of the day, Mr. Jeff Henderson. That was very pithy, wasn't it? So do you feel it? Do you feel the Spirit of God? You see what happens if you miss an appointment with God? You wouldn't have heard that today. You wouldn't have heard that, that today. Why does God have his appointed times? Why does he want us to, to come before him? Because he wants to bless us. He wants to give us a blessing. And we have blessings uh, in the music that we hear. I, I, the, the music was just outstanding today. I think of the heavenly host and I think, wow, if it's this good on earth, what is it like in heaven? Mind-blowing. He has us come here because he gives us messages. He communicates to us through his word, spoken by others, yes, his human instruments. Sometimes we receive messages of instruction, sometimes exhortation, sometimes correction. But it's for our benefit, it's for our good. And, um, and I'm very thankful for the message that we had uh, earlier. It was uh, very edifying, extremely edifying. I want to tell you a story. Are you up for a story? A little story? Okay. My dearly beloved Kathy has wanted to do something for a long, long time since our grandchildren came into this world. She was waiting for the day and the hour and the moment in time when they would be old enough when she could take them to Disneyland and, or in this case, Disney World. Because I think it was, what, three weeks ago? I, I forget, a relatively short period of time ago that we went to Orlando, Florida uh, with our three grandsons and our daughter and her husband and we had a a fantastic time. I hate to sound like a paid political announcement but it was a, a magical time. <laughs> it was. It was it was really awesome. It was really great. In fact even that song that we were singing where that line says I soar with you above the storm there's a ride it's called uh, California Soaring and uh, you go in and they have this, this uh, picture movie experience where, you know, I, I liken it to like a bird or something that's flying and you're kind of looking at scenes and you're going up and you're going around and you're experiencing all manner of things and you're just kind of soaring. And I think of, of that line in that song, you know, soaring with you above the storm. It's like getting on an airplane and sometimes, which we've done this weekend, uh, and sometimes it will be overcast and, and raining and, and you take off and before you know it you break through the clouds and there's sun. You know, there's sunshine above the clouds and it's kind of like that with, uh, with God. We soar with Him above this. So we went to Disney World and we had a wonderful time. It really exceeded expectation. It was everything that we hoped it would be and more. However, there was one time, one day, when things didn't go quite right. At least I thought so. 
You see, by way of background, when my kids grew up, um, our kids grew up, uh, they used to joke, especially as they got older, about the plan. We have to have a plan. What is the plan? Because I always ask them, well, what's the plan? You know, do you have a plan? So we went to, uh, I think it was Hollywood, the, the uh, no, what was the, uh, the kingdom that had to do with uh, Hollywood and all that? Anyway, so there's so many things to see. It's overwhelming. And you're rushing around, you're trying to get everything in. Oh, I want to see this, I want to experience that and everything. And so, you know, and the clock is ticking and the lines are forming. We got there early and, and uh, so, uh, we're kind of having this little family meeting and, and okay, well, we wanted to, to go here, uh, but then, you know, maybe we should uh, get one of these um, uh, express tickets. You can sign up ahead of time and come back later, and then you go through the lines faster. I wanted to see things. The kids wanted to see things. Everyone had someplace they wanted to go and something to do. And so, you know, I'm getting kind of anxious and uh, lacking patience, and so... Uh, I'm saying, well, you know, well, well what's the plan? <laughs> you know, how are we going to do this? And uh, our daughter, Rachel, uh, you'd love her. I mean, she's got such a great personality. She's just overwhelmed. She says, you know what? She says, I'm releasing this and I'm giving it over to Kathy and my husband because they seem to kind of have it all figured out and, and I'm just going to trust that we'll get everything done and, and I can release it, you know. I should have picked up on that. I should have learned from my daughter, but nay, nay. So anyway, as time goes on, I'm kind of, you know, picking, picking away. And obviously this is having a negative effect on, on the group, right? You know, it's kind of bringing them down and it's not adding to the joy and the experience of it all. And, and my son-in-law, uh, and it's nice when you can talk heart to heart and you don't take offense. And I forgot the words he said, but it wasn't good. Uh, about uh, about uh, you're a real downer, you know that, <laughs> and uh, and so afterwards it, it got me thinking. It got me thinking about spiritual lessons from our life experiences as, as we all as we all go through. And I was thinking that was a classic case of a lack of patience for one thing. Didn't have any patience, and when you lack patience, usually it's about you, right? It's about you, it's about me, right? Uh, I want to be satisfied, I want this to work well, I want to be able to see, you know, my ride or, or go here and, it, you know, and how is this gonna work out so that I can, you know, get the joy that I want out of this experience and everything. And it's certainly um, a lack of faith. You know, every morning, with the exception of one morning, and I don't know why that was, but every morning we got together in, in the room and we held hands and we asked God's blessing on the day. Now granted, you know, we're at Disney World, that would be a blessing enough for a lot of people, but you know, we still want God with us in all of the things that we do, right? We want his blessing, we want things to go well, so we asked for that. But even with that having been said, you know, here I was, experienced a, a lack of patience, which actually had a, a negative effect on, on the, uh, the rest of the family members, and, you know, upon reflection, uh, I realized that it, it fell into two categories, a lack of patience and a, a, a lack of, of faith. And then I was thinking, you know, the serpent of impatience is always lying in wait to strike, right? 
It's always there waiting. You never know. And, and the scary thing, and it, and it is scary, is the fact that it's not like it's premeditated sometimes. It just kind of comes on you, right? It just kind of happens. And for that moment in time, you don't have self-control. You're not in control. And that's kind of a scary feeling to look back on that and realize that something else was kind of having its way with you, you know, and you weren't in charge. You weren't in control of the situation. The focus was obviously on myself, and I was not thinking of others. And I dare say that perhaps others of you in this room have been bitten by that snake at times. Maybe. Maybe just me. <laughs> and then, of course, I was thinking about all of the things that should be in our life. And that would take us to Galatians 5.22, right? What are the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, okay, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, okay. Certainly I didn't do well in, in those uh, two categories uh, for that period of time. If we want to know the mind of God, if we want to know what God is really like, what is the essence of that supreme being in heaven, this is it. He's composed of those things. He is the, the epitome. He is the essence of those things, is he not? Patience, oh, big time. He has a lot of patience with us, doesn't he? Self-control, yes. And the Bible indicates that there have been times when he's kind of wanted to do things. I'm reminded of the situation with Moses that you remember when he said, uh, you know what, I'm just going to blot these people out, you know, this, you know, I've had it up to here, this is it, you know, moving on, <laughs> uh, going to get rid of these people, and Moses, I'm going to, you know, start all, all over with you, right? Well, a lot of people would say, sounds good to me. <laughs> I'm your man, <laughs> okay? <laughs> but, you know, you got to give Moses credit, and we have to thank Moses, don't we? We really do, because, you know, he stood in the gap, you know, and he reasoned with God, and he said, well, you know, you may want to think that, rethink this, this again. So, you know, all these things, God is, is, uh, uh, has all of these attributes that we see in Galatians 5.22, which are listed as the, the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Now, when you think of fruit, what do you think about? Fruit is something that develops over a period of time, right? You plant something and it grows. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I use the analogy sometimes that when I got baptized, I didn't receive on my doorstep the next day a package courtesy of UPS uh, that was uh, from um, uh, the Holy Spirit or from God uh, with all knowledge and all truth and all understanding, right? Here it is. It's all packaged, ready to go. Congratulations. You know, you're part of the team now, you know, and so I want you to have access to to all of this information. It's a path that we're on, you know, we're, we're growing. I mean, I look back on my past, which I don't like to do very often, <laughs> and sometimes I just cannot believe uh, the person I was and the things that I did and the way that I acted and the way I, I treated people. 
Uh, I've still got a ways to go, obviously, by my own admission and confession to you, but uh, I'm better today than I was 5, 10, 15 years ago. Praise God. Thank God for that. And hopefully we all can say that looking back. Well, I, I am making progress, you know, through the power of the Holy Spirit and by His grace. I'm, I'm growing to be more like Him, and that's what we should do. But a fruit is something that grows, and it takes time. And I think that sometimes we have a tendency, if we're not careful, to uh, beat up on ourselves unnecessarily uh, when we fall and stumble. You know, it's, it's not a tragedy to make a mistake. The tragedy is that we don't learn from our mistakes. Therein lies the tragedy. And so, yes, there will be times that we fall and we stumble, and we have to get up and we have to ask for forgiveness and and we we grow and we we continue on i'm thinking about all of this in relationship to this time that we're entering into which is coming up in just days from now the passover the days of unleavened bread and i think back on my journey and my experiences in those particular areas and to be perfectly honest with you, a lot of that in the past has been negative. Because granted, what are we supposed to do when we enter into this time? This is a time for uh, evaluation, right? We're supposed to take an appraisal of where we are and to take an evaluation of where we are. In the corporate world, for example, it's quite common every year to have an evaluation by your boss, by management, whatever, in which they evaluate how you're doing. Before I left the corporate world a few years ago, they had modified that and they kind of changed it a little bit and they added another element into it. And they asked you to evaluate yourself. That is not easy. That is not easy. I mean, how honest do you want to be? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. I'm a slackered, I'm a sluggard, <laughs> you know, I'm slothful, uh, terrible word, right? Um, but you know, and, and so that's what we're doing now. We're entering into a time where we, we take an appraisal, we take a, a self-evaluation of where we are. And sometimes it can tend to be kind of negative, right? Because all of a sudden, as we focus, as God wants us to do at this particular time of the year, we see a lot of things that are wrong in our lives that we're not happy with and we get discouraged by them. There was a case many, many years ago when I was young in the church when we went to a Passover service and there was a young man who uh, would not go in. And, you know, we gathered around and we were talking to him and it turns out the reason is, is because he didn't feel worthy. He didn't feel worthy. So he felt so bad and so negative about himself that he felt that he just could not in any way, shape, or form be part of that, that service. And so if we're not careful, we can enter into this period of time and it can be a, a negative, depressing period of time for us. We can get discouraged, question, who takes satisfaction in your discouragement. Is it God? Okay. 
There's only one individual that wants you to be discouraged, depressed, and think, I can't make it, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm unworthy, I'm just, you know. God wants to encourage you. He wants to say, you know, yes, you can make it. Do we need to change and grow? Yes. But I'm going to submit to you today some thoughts surrounding that process, which I hope will be words of encouragement to you. First of all, in 1 John 4, 8, we realize that the Apostle John, who was also called the Apostle of Love, and if anybody had that very special relationship with Jesus Christ, it was certainly, certainly John. And he said it in a very straightforward manner. He says, you know, God is love. Now, of course, under that, you could write volumes and books without end elaborating on what that means. But simply put, you know, God is love. But if we go over to um, uh, where we're in, 1 John uh, 4, uh, but let's uh, read a little bit more of what John recorded for us, which uh, God uh, wanted to be recorded for words of encouragement to us. Starting in verse 2 of 1 John 4. Hereby know you the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come of the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come of the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof we have heard that it should come, and even now is already in the world. You are of God, little children and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you and me than he that is in the world. Verse 6, we are of God. He that knows God uh, hears us. He that is not of God hears not us. Hereby know you that the spirit of truth, the spirit of error. Okay, here we go. Verse 7, beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. You know, a lot of people like to say that they're born again, and I'm not going to get into all that. Sometimes we get too carried away with trying to almost make a doctrine out of, out of that situation, okay? But the thing of it is, if a person claims to be a new creature in Christ, uh, born again, whatever uh, terminology you want to use, well, there's one way of validating that. There's one way of knowing that, right? Do they have the love of God? Do they show forth God's love? Now, there'll be times that we don't, obviously, and in my case, in Disney World, <laughs> in the Magical Kingdom, uh, obviously, you know, I wasn't showing forth love for that moment in time. I was uh, thinking more of myself than of others. But hopefully those are little um, uh, diversions along a greater path that is leading us to, to where we should go. He that loves not knows not God, for, again, God is love. In this was manifest the love of God towards us, because God sent his only begotten Son into the world 
that we might live through him. I was listening to a, a country and western music station the other day. I don't listen to country by and large a lot. I uh, don't have time to um, do that. I have other broadcasting uh, things I have to attend to. But I was, uh, there was a station in Bend, Oregon, and there was a, an announcer who came from the Bay Area, and I wanted to basically see how he was doing in his new job up there. So I tuned in via the internet uh, to, to hear him. And I heard this, uh, this song, maybe some of you are uh, country uh, and Western enthusiasts, by Alan Jackson, and it was called Living on Love. Anybody ever heard that? Okay. Uh, anyway, it's a great song. And, and I was thinking when I was reading this, you know, that we should be living on love, the love of God. We should be living in him and through him and by him. Uh, and if you get a chance, listen to the song. It's very nice. <laughs> Verse 12, no man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us. So to the degree that we show forth love to one another, God is dwelling in us, and his love is perfected in us. Now, even when you use the term perfected, that means that it's a stage, it's, it's growing, it's coming to completion, right? His love is not complete in us at this time. We are a work in progress, you might say, when it comes to that. Verse 13, hereby know you that we dwell in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And what is the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Galatians 5.22. And in effect, he's giving us his very essence. His essence is, is in us, in dwelling in us. You know, he says, you know, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man opens, uh, my father and I will come in and make our abode with him. We will dwell with him. Of course, the thing of it is, you've got to open the door. He's not going to be like the uh, SWAT team and uh, batter it in, okay? So you have to open the door, but that's their desire. That's what they want to do. They want to come in and dwell in us. Verse 16, and we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, again. And he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. And that's why I know in my soul that we should approach these days not in a negative, defeated attitude. God wants us to be successful in overcoming these things. He's for us, not against us. And so this time 
is meant to be a time of blessing for us, not to get us so downcast and distraught and discouraged that we go, oh, I don't know if I can ever make it. I hear people say, people I know and love, they say, well, you know, I sure hope that I make it into God's kingdom. I hope. Don't know, but I hope it all works out, that I'm there. Boy, that's confidence, isn't it? That's real confidence, isn't it? God doesn't want you to, to do that. It says right here, herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Fear has torment. And sometimes these days can torment us because we don't see the total picture and have a clear understanding of what the purpose was in the first place. It's not to bring us down, it's to bring us up. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he that loves not his brother, whom he has not seen, how can he love God, uh, or uh, he's not, how can he, take two. <laughs> if a man say, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he that loves not his brother, whom he has seen, how can he love God, whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loved God, love also his brother. There's no ands, ifs, or buts about it. It's not, well, you know, if it's convenient, if it feels good, uh, you may want to give consideration to the fact that you should kindly entreat your brother. No. It's like John was, was saying, you know, it's, it's, it's something that's commanded. You know, it's not a... If you want to come to the meeting, if you've got nothing else to do, you might consider joining us for this little session we're having, okay? No, we are supposed to love one another. Not always easy, I grant you. I'm, I'm the first to, to understand that. But I also understand this. With God, all things are possible. And I also understand that if you want to God can do. So it really comes back to us again. What is your motive? What, is, what do you want? Do you want to love people? Then God will help you to do it. Do you want to overcome sin? God will help you to do it. Now, this is going to drive the uh, good people crazy that ask for all of my uh, scriptures ahead of time so they can do it. I'm going to throw you a curve. Backfield in motion. Okay. Those of you that uh, have Bibles, you can either turn to, well, I'll, but they're pretty good. They'll, they'll probably be able to catch up with me here pretty fast. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. Do you believe that? Do you truly believe that? 
and not just, oh, it's, it's a nice philosophical thing, yes, it sounds good, I, I, I like that, but do you deeply in your heart of hearts believe that? Because if you go over to verse, or rather chapter 21 of Matthew, Matthew chapter 21, Matthew 21 and starting in verse 21, Jesus said unto them, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this, what he was referring to, which is done to the fig tree, remember that episode, but also if you say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, it shall be done. Now, I'm not going to embarrass anybody and ask for a show of hands if, if you really believe that to the depth of your being. I think we all believe that philosophically, uh, intellectually, uh, spiritually, but how many times have you questioned in your heart of hearts, could I really do that? I mean, wow. I mean, boy, that's, I, I don't know about that. But he said that. He said that. And here's the thing that we have to really remember from today, I, I would ask, at least from my portion of today. And all things whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Now, one of the things that I hear constantly, and I'm sure that you have too, in fact, you have said this probably. I know I have thought it and said it upon occasion. If I could only know God's will, I mean, I'm, should I ask for this? Should I pray for this? Is it God's will? Because we always read, well, if it's according to his will, you know, you shall receive it. Ah, therein sets up the little doubt, right? Now we've set up a little area where doubt can prevail in our lives. Because then we say, but how do I know if it's his will? If I knew it was his will, then I could come boldly before his throne and ask for this. But I don't want to ask for something that's not his will. I don't want to be in conflict with God. So I don't know. So then you become immobilized, right? You become paralyzed. And you, you don't know what to do, you know. Do I or don't I? Of course, you could always say, you could pray and, and, and do the uh, proverbial Hail Mary. You could pray and, and say, you know, if you like it, you know, uh, work it out. If you don't, that's fine with me. Okay? How many times have we kind of thought that, too, when we're all said and done? Well, I want to tell you something that you can take to the spiritual bank in heaven, right? Treasures in heaven, remember that? I can tell you without reservation that there is something that you can pray for, and I guarantee you on the word of God that it's within his will and that he will answer you. And that is when you ask to be more like him. So when you ask for more love, is that in his will? When you ask for more joy in your life, is that something that's within his will? When you ask for more patience, is that something he wants you to have? 
When you ask for more self-control, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, are these things that is within his will, according to his desire? Yeah, it is. So therefore, you can come boldly before the throne of God and ask him for these things without any reservation whatsoever. And guess what? The Days of Unleavened Bread is a great time to be praying these prayers, to be praying that he will help you to see and understand the sin in your life that needs to be removed and that he will help to remove those things so you can be more perfect, so you can be more like him. That is a prayer that he will answer. You can take that to the bank. That should give you joy and happiness and confidence. Not, well, you know, I'm such a miserable person. I, I don't know if I can ever please God. And, and I, I sure hope I make it into God's kingdom. Don't know for sure, but I hope I do. You know, does he want you there? Well, I don't know if I want him in my kingdom or not. Mm, don't know. Have to think about that a little bit. I'm being silly, of course, but that's me. I'm a silly person. Um, you know, I mean, he sent his son to die for us. I mean, he's done his part. He's made it very evident. He's knocking. He wants to come in. He wants to help us to be more like him. All we have to do is ask. You know, he says, if you as parents, as fathers, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more so? He said, how much more so do I desire to give you these things? That's his desire. That's what he wants. All we have to do is open the door. All we have to do is say, yes, I want it too. And if you pray and you ask, it will happen. It will happen. So during the Passover, during the days of unleavened bread, when we reflect, when we do the self-appraisal, the self-analysis, and we focus, you know, this is the time to focus on our life. We get so busy, sometimes we don't focus. You know, God's holy days are blessings to us because he wants us to make improvements. He wants us to, you know, reach perfection. And this is the time when he says, you know, take stock, see how you're doing, see where you need to grow and change, and then beat yourself up and feel bad, you know, and say, I'm a rotten person and I don't know if I can make it or not. He says, take a look at yourself, find out how you're doing, you know, um, Identify those areas in your life that need improvement, that need over overcoming, and ask me, and we'll, we'll work it out. We'll do it together, and you will be with me for all eternity. God says, I guarantee it.